It's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis, joined again by Papa T-Sauce via the telephone. What's up, Daddy? Well, just hanging with you, kid. That's my deal. Hanging, oh, hanging. Uh, sorry about the delay. We uh, getting this episode out. Um, we actually did get to watch Canada together, but we could not find the time to squeeze in with uh, Father's Day and and all the the traveling around that we did. But I did enjoy watching the race with you. That was a uh, just like old times. That's right. We snuck away when no one was watching, and we just yeah. watched <laughs> Formula One, <laughs> and nobody missed us. It was great. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, all in all, I th- I mean, it was awesome to be back in Montreal, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean that's a cool track, and uh, I, I think the uh, the people are really race savvy. I mean it. They've had a the, the Villeneuve family is kind of like the Andretti's in the states. It's, yeah, it's I, a big deal. I so. always forget how cool of a circuit Montreal is. I always think it's it's something different than it is. Um, I think even though I have to fact check from last podcast that I said it's like eighty percent flat out. It's only sixty percent flat out. It's actually quite a technical course, and then right. Being there right on the seaway and um, it, the the trees, like like the tree line sections, everything seems it, – it does a very good job, I think, of showing you the speed. Like of, of – you know how some tracks, it, it, they just look like they're going around, like especially when we get to like France or, you know, one of any of the – Silverstone to some extent um, – you know, older, bigger tracks sometimes where the, the space, it, it doesn't seem to translate just how fast they're going. But I was noticing, I was rewatching some of the highlights right before we started recording here. And the tree, that section where it's all lined with trees and uh, you just, when they're going by the wind, you can see just how much of the, of, of the wind is disturbed by these cars. And I feel like they sound good there. Uh, I don't know. It always, it always catches me. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is such a great track," and it was really awesome to to see cars going around there again after after three years from not being there. Um, and yeah, Montreal just seems like such a cool city. We have that. Ha- we have to add that to the list of of races to go to. I would say. Yeah, for just the simplicity of getting to, as proximity and and such, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and I, I hear that the town really like kind of like Austin here in the States, they really embrace having the the race there and do a lot That's of really, what I understand really cool stuff. One of the guys who, who is an investor in the coffee company that I work for, he goes to that race all the time, um, with his buds and he says, it's, it's just awesome. I still have to ask him to get me into Austin cause they have like unfettered access uh, at that track so that'd be really rad he's like we just pull up and there's a golf cart waiting and and uh 
Jeez. they can just go anywhere <laughs> they want to go. Um, but uh, yeah, enough of that. Let's get into the awesome return to Montreal. And we, ha- I mean, we have to start in qualifying, don't we? Because I think this was the, it was so, I, I was wondering, I, uh, Matt, you all remember Matt from um, the podcast, but. Um, Matteo Pate. Matteo Pate. Um, yeah. He he sent me a, a video clip from like earlier on in the week with all that rain that they were having and like the pit lane was like flooded. It was like underwater. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> are we going to actually have a race? And I think Crofty said it like uh, the the area with the boats, that's the seaway. And the area with the cars in the water, that's the racetrack <laughs> when they were starting <laughs> um, qualifying. But it, yeah, it was the the first. I, th- I want to say the first wet qualifying we've seen since Spa twenty twenty or twenty twenty one last year. Um, yeah. So it's always it always throws a throws an interesting little mix when we have wet on the track um, for either a, a Grand Prix or a, or qualifying. I feel like qualifying is rare than actually getting rain in the Grand Prix. I I don't I can't re- recall that many wet qualifying sessions um but they're they're always good for some shakeups and excitement and if the biggest shakeup of all would have to be fernando alonso old man alonso putting it on the front row uh in what was it the first his first front row appearance in uh 10 years 2012 or no, third. Well, it's twenty twenty three now, so that would be. No, no it's twenty. Man, I'm already ready for twenty twenty three. I guess maybe maybe that's my. I'm living in the future. Maybe it's just because we were just talking about twenty twenty three driver lineup stuff, which we will be getting to at the end of or toward the end when we do news and your moment with Martin. So hang in there for that. Um, yeah. But it was it was an impressive lap watching Alonzo hook it up. Um. And it, I think he's, you know, there's a lot of people, speaking of new drivers and, and driver stuff, we can, um, a lot of people give Alonzo a hard time, you know, saying, you know, you're just using your your history and the fact that you're a two-time world champion and, and like, you should really, like, let a younger driver get their chance. And I'm like, if you're doing, if he's doing stuff like this, though, like, there are moments where Alonzo just reminds you of, just how brilliant of a driver he is and solidifies, I think, his absolute deservedness to be in a seat right now and getting a contract for next year, too. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, he's a great personality, for one. And, uh, I, I mean, he's just, he's got the credentials and it's just like he hasn't really dropped off much. I I'm, mean... Yeah, he's doing better than Vettel. He's doing better. He did better than Hamilton and Quali, and you know, and he's yet he's uh, God, what seven, eight years old. Ricardo is outperforming Ricardo Ricardo. over and over. Um, So, and and, I don't know. I I thought it was really good. Well, yeah, I think you touched on it too. I mean, I think his his personality and his ability. And just him 
are good for the sport of F1. And you you need look no further than the post-qualifying interviews where the crowd was drowning out Max. <laughs> like the his 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 response from the fans like is was so overwhelming and I was definitely one of them like what a what a shakeup and it really did come down to that last wall of champions uh or is that the is that the last one anyways one of those that last chicane before the start finish straight science had a bit of a moment with the rear end and I, I think that may have been the difference between um that that because uh, there was it was only not it was let's see Fernando Alonso's Q3 time was one twenty one nine four four and Science was one twenty two zero nine six so l- l- like a tenth it was just a tenth or so in it and I think if if Science could have kept that rear end in check. Um, yeah, it would have. Uh, yeah. It would. It would not have been a front row for Lonzo, but he still did it. He did it. It happened. So, yeah. But yeah, he, put the, he put the lap together. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that squiggle of the hips, the rear end step out on that last turn, and I was like, "That was it." That that, and it may have been. I don't think it would have been enough to get Max. Max was comfortably uh, ahead. He was about seven tenths of, on Alonzo, so. Eight tenths, almost a full, almost yeah. a full second. <laughs> um, How about nine? Can I have a nine? Can I have? Did I, I have catch nine? a? Did I catch a niner in there? Um, well, it, yeah, and uh, I'll interpret that as a flabadada. And then we okay. also we are. <laughs> I'm skipping over that. We also have to talk about but, Lewis Hamilton and the the remarkable turnaround from F. P3 to qualifying to the race uh, for Hamilton to go, that's an undrivable car to, oh, it's actually a, a fourth place um, podium <laughs> car. Uh, yeah. Another, I mean, uh, so that that was, uh, I think, a, a, a pretty, I don't know if that was, oh, he was over-dramatizing what was happening in free practice or... Boy, those mechanics. I mean, no wonder he always is thinking the mechanics and the people back at the factory. Yeah. (laughs) If they're turning. He he was on the podium. Yeah. And he started P4. No, well, he's in qualifying. I'm saying in a turnaround of a day to go from, let's see, in free practice three, Hamilton was 15th in in free practice three. To the mm-hmm. next day he goes P four, and then to the next day he goes P three. So, yeah, um, that that race is a groovy move. Yeah, uh, other standout things talking about in uh, in qualifying, and then later on in the race would have to be we have to talk about Perez and the absolute just implosion of Perez. I mean. If there, you know, there are drivers that are known for being good in the wet, and there are drivers that aren't. I would definitely have to say Perez falls in the in the aren't category. Um, so I never was expecting him to do that well, but then to full on crash, and then, um, I guess I guess his nose got stuck under the barrier, so he definitely went in a little bit faster than anybody had 
I had thought it didn't look like that bad of a crash, but yeah, his his, no, his nose was stuck under the the barrier, and so he couldn't he couldn't get it out. He couldn't back it out, so he had to abandon the session. But he would have had enough time to come back around and get a new wing because I think it was only the wing that was damaged. Um, I think you are correct. And then he walked. But he was rooted in there. And then he, he walked. Was rooted in. It took it took the jungle path all the way from the far side of the track back. And I guess he he was offered a scooter, and because all the commentators they were like, "Well, you know, usually they get a scooter, making them do a hike." And I guess he he turned it down. <laughs> He's like, hey. "I'm gonna wait to get back." I think after that, <laughs> I'm gonna. Want to hang out in the trees? What did? What well, I was either Crofty or Brendan. And they're like, let Helmet Marco calm down a little bit before he gets back. Uh, but <laughs> it went from worse to worse, you know. Uh, and then he yeah. ultimately had the the gearbox uh, go out in the race, and that's that's. I mean, I'm just so bummed by it. Eight I just, laps, huh? Eight laps yeah. in. Couldn't make it eight laps. Yeah. I wonder if the little if that impact had something to do with that. Even you know, I mean, we talk. I don't know. I mean, these cars are so on the edge, and like, there's hit a crash is a crash. You just don't know how how what it can change, what it can handle. Um, I just yeah. hope that's not a, a a gearbox penalty for for the next race. Uh, that does that has that how that works? I don't know. Or is that, or is it only if they've well, started the weekend, and then they have to do it? How many gearboxes? Oh didn't didn't we weren't we supposed to look this up? <laughs> yeah, we did, <laughs> but we're equally confused. I think I, it was something like but maybe four, maybe it's something in the fact they get four gearboxes. So if he if he has yeah. to take more than four gearboxes, which is one more than engines, right? They only get three engines, right? Correct. But three engines and clutches can be rebuilt to some degree. Ah, I so, see. So, yeah. Um, but hopefully that's not, I don't know where he's at, but it just was such a bummer to see him go from so high, riding so high to, 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 the, to this. But, I mean, I guess the only, the only real, um, solace is that he's still second in the driver's championship because it was the perfect time for Leclerc to have a a a, week, a bad weekend as well um i mean there wasn't a lot that we could we could hope for knowing that Leclerc was going to have to take that engine penalty i don't i don't think he even he just i guess because um Latifi also or was it who who else had to take engine penalties it was, I'm pretty sure it was Latifi, or it was, no, Sonoda. I don't know. I'm pretty, I don't know. Somebody else. We're so good at this podcast you, thing. Why are you talking about that? You're out in the weeds. I'm saying Leclerc was going to have to start. He, we knew he wasn't, he, he wasn't in contention for the podium because he was starting on the very back. And he, I was saying he didn't go out in qualifying. He only went out in he was going to go out in Q1 anyways. He wasn't going to continue. They weren't going to run the car. But he went out to set a faster lap time than the other driver. But I can't recall who the other driver was that was starting with it in the back. 
Because when you're both starting from the back of the grid, whoever has the fastest qualifying time gets to start in 19th instead of 20th. That's why I was talking about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> Hello? Still doesn't. I think it must be. It was Yuki. Yuki? It must have been Yuki. Because he was, he was 20th after qualifying. Yes. Okay. So that's it was Sonoda. Great. Moving on. Let's let's delve into yeah, let's move on. to to who won and how they won and then we'll just go down in descending order until we're we're all tired of talking about it and listening to us talk about it and then we'll go our separate ways. <laughs> so Max okay. Max got on pole com- commandingly. I would say this is one of those commanding Max performance um perform commanding performances for max where he as much as i'm he's not my favorite driver or anybody like there's no denying his his out outright ability behind the wheel of a of a racing car um i was willing and urging uh science to pass him in the end but it was just it max looked in control from from qualifying on um there was only one moment where he got real flustered again and that was on uh <laughs> what was that the it was the f- first or the second well, VSC. The, well he got all bent out of shape because the pit strategy didn't seem to work because yeah he's science science came out in front of him after the hamilton pit got all hamilton came out he was behind hamilton even well okay yeah well I, he just got all torqued off and but then proceeded to blow by Hamilton as if he was standing still, like, and then Hamilton was going into pit anyway. So. Well, what what I liked, he's like, he's like, how the beep did? Am I still behind this guy? And uh, and what I loved was his engineer was just like the pace wasn't there, like it was it was too slow. <laughs> like, like drive better, Max. Jeez, yeah. Maybe. So so, but it didn't matter. So Max does – they end up pitting Lewis. I was really hoping that we were going to get some some real real spirited driving of defensiveness from Hamilton, but I guess he was pitting for new tires the very next lap anyways. Um, and yet Hamilton wa- – or Max walked by him. Um, I mean they – like we'll get to – like the, the, pay, the, the straight line pace advantage that – that Red Bull car has to the rest of the field was on full display here because we had a Ferrari who is no slow car, especially in a straight line. Um, and they said that the DRS was worth 22 kilometers an hour and science couldn't, couldn't make it happen on either straight. Uh, that was frustrating, but I agree. It, well, and then, and then Max, you know, he, qualified nine-tenths of a second faster than um, uh, than uh, Alonzo. Yeah. And so it must be doing something in the corners, too. No, I mean, well, it's, you know, it's Adrian Newey. That car has always, it's always been great in the corners, and I think they just took, you know, they looked at the Mercedes-Benz playlist and they said, it, I guess it doesn't matter how fast you are through the corners anymore. It just matters if you can 
you, if you're the fastest thing down the streets by a country mile, no, nobody can touch it. Well, you know, it's the Jeremy Clarkson principle, I guess we should say. Power is better. <laughs> um, power is better. Power. <laughs> um, but, and I think that they've they've just demonstrated that they've been, not only are they one of the, the, you know, the best handling, best grippy cars, fast, they're, they're not slow through the corners, but they're they're great in the corners and they're great down the straight. So if you're great everywhere, you're you're gonna win world championships, you know. And I think that's on full display. But uh, getting back to it, I think Max comes out. Even he was 11 seconds behind Science, who had inherited the lead. Um. And wait, no, how that? Yeah, he and then he he passes him, and then they. That we get the full safety car, or was this after the safety car? Oh my gosh, I'm all turned around. No, we we have the that was after the VSC. He ends up getting a, getting back ahead, or no, he doesn't. Then we have the full safety car because science because Max had just pitted and they left science out and for to gain track position. And then we get the full safety car from Sonoda's crash, which allow that's when the positions swap and science uh, goes in. It happened perfect timing for science to come in for fresh, fresh tires. So he's on fresh tires and it's a full safety car. So he doesn't lose as much time and he's it's grids backed up and it's just, if if science what was that what was lap what lap did the safety car end pops 54 so he has 54 to 70 fresher t- i think it what was it five laps fresher tires it was five or seven fresher yeah. laps fresher tires something like that yeah and dead on the gearbox of max it, i was i could not have been more ecstatic when Sonoda goes in and that safety car comes out. I was so pumped. I was like, this is going to be a race now, finally. I mean, what a course. That was just a just a corny wreck. I mean. Yeah. What a bummer. It's like Sonoda forgot that he was coming out of the pitch. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're doing okay. But I mean, but uh, uh, I was totally impressed on that restart. After that, uh, how close signs had really stayed to Mac. That was one of the better yeah, I mean, restarts. Ha- you- safety, safety car that we've seen in a long time. So it was a brilliant restart for him, but it just wasn't there. No, I mean, I mean, he had better. T- he had pressure tires. He had Ferrari power. And, and a twenty-two uh, mile, twenty-two kilometer an hour DRS advantage for fifteen laps. Yeah, and he and it couldn't couldn't get it couldn't get it in. If that doesn't if that isn't a a, a worrisome sight for the rest of it, and that maybe that's why I was so bummed. I'm putting off doing this podcast is that I wanted science to catch it. Not to mention we still have to to put on the fact that he was he's trying to get his first uh, F one win. And yeah. I, it was so close to be that close and just know you can't do it or because, it, you know, as the laps ticked away, you know, I was just like, this isn't happening. I was I was you were sitting next to me. I, I was I had every appendage crossed that I could cross 
and will yeah. it on, but it just. And then, yeah, I just had. I just thought. I just thought you had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it, wouldn't I would have pissed my pants rather than missing into that race? I can tell you that. <laughs> well, there's an interesting thing on the remote. It's a pause. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> we get caught up in it. Well, yeah. I, I think that. Uh, I mean, it. How good was the Red Bull in the corners? Well, and that's. And, I think that was the determining factor for for the Ferraris and both for both Leclerc and Sciences that they couldn't get the rear to put the pat, put it down. They were so struggling with rear end grip. Whereas the Red Bull, you just saw every exit of every turn corner, the Red Bull just walked away. And Leclerc, you know, yeah. And then when it got where, yeah, when you got the DRS and you just couldn't, even though you had that much, uh, of speed advantage, the 22k pH, yeah, uh, you still couldn't catch up. It was, and you and could so see the that in the corner. It was all at the end. It and, was like the the straight was just 20 meters too short, 10 meters too short. It was like it was right there. Yeah, um, it was, it was something. But Leclerc was complaining about that when he was behind uh, Ocon, uh, and he was just like, I can't. I can't get it. I'm just wheel spin, wheel spin out of the corners. Um, yeah. Speaking of, of Alpines, um, we uh, have to discuss what happened to Alonso and how he turned that miraculous second um, P2 start into a P10 finish. Nine. I have him at uh, nine. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the wrong, wrong screen. Sorry, P9 finish. That's okay. That's okay. He's he's tenth in the constructors championship. In case you were wondering, <laughs> that's what. At least it wasn't that. Those that was. That was you know, nice. I was just thinking about. Well, I wonder where the constructors thing fits into all this. So thank you. Yeah. Um. So he definitely. Max definitely got the jump on him, and almost science got the jump on him right off the line. He just reacted a little too slow, or that's just how I think he was a couple tenths off of, um, or a couple hundreds or something off of Max. They have that little reaction time counter, and he was a couple seconds off, or milliseconds off of that. And then, um, what happened from there, Dad? What was his? What was? What, what, huh? You mean as far as strategy, pit strategy? And yeah, no. Like, why? How did he get to tenth or ninth? Sorry, I did it again. Well, he was tucked in behind Ocon there for a while, but um, there were some pit strategy issues. Of, I was kind of confounded. I know you were about. There were two, either virtual safety cars or a full safety car, and they didn't pit. And but. There, I also heard that his energy recovery system was on the blink mm. from like lap twenty on. Yeah, I I, and, uh, I did know I did hear that as well. Well, you told me that, and that was that makes a, that makes a lot more sense. But I still think even with that and a starting in P two, that I feel like there's a lot of blown strategy there too. Um, to not he to not pit under any of the safety cars the v either either the two vscs or the full-on safety car um 
I just thought, what a waste. I didn't, I did not get the, I really was struggling to understand why they never did that. It just seemed like such a missed opportunity. Um, unless they were just, you know, they were just keeping, trying to keep track position and hope for something, but then nothing ever happened. And it just seemed, it seemed well, very odd. Yeah. And, uh, and it looked like they were going to be able that Ocon was going to be able to create enough of a, well, between Leclerc and Ocon creating that drafting train, they call it. Yeah. He didn't necessarily need to have all of his electrical portion of his power unit kicking up fully in, but we're, I thought it was kind of a real crappy, not a crappy call by the FIA, but Alonzo knows better that he had a five second penalty. Yeah, that was the and other big that thing. Took how him, ended that took him so far back. That dropped that. him. Yeah, that dropped him from seven to nine. Yeah, uh, just on time. Just on time. Which now we 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 sung his praises earlier on, <laughs> but we also have to sing his woes too. Like he should know way better than that. And it's moments like that where I would join the crowd saying, all right, bud, if you're going to be like that, get out of here. You know, and you know way better. Particularly, that. That's dangerous. Yeah, well, particularly knowing that you you have a broke power unit that's not giving you everything um, that you need. Like, you're gonna, are you going to compete for position based on your power unit? I mean, come yeah. on, that was just, Silly. silly. I don't know if it's dangerous. silly as the note is. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, I mean that wasn't... rule exists. For those of you, again, that are newer to the sport and don't know the rule that we're talking about, Alonzo was given a five-second five penalty for weaving down the straight. Yeah. So you're only allowed to make one defensive move um, when you're under pressure from an overtake. That's not. That hasn't always been the rule. But it's it's a rule. It's a rule for a good reason. Is that if you, you know, sure nobody can pass somebody who's zigzagging and bing bonging and dangerous and recklessly changing directions. Um, it, you know, there you, there's a there's a point where that you know it's called giving you know respect to the other drivers where you concede that that position is lost. You have one chance to make a defensive move, and if you're not if that's not good enough, then you need to concede the position because you were bested. You're being bested. Um, the other thing is you cannot, you cannot change directions in the braking zone. So, and you look back at the onboard of, I believe it was Botas that was, was coming past. Um, and he's, just, yeah, he did he's, the Botas. he's weaving, he's literally back and forth, multiple directions. Um, and it's like, okay, so you're trying, you really don't want to lose that position. Well, now you just lost two or three. Because yeah. you have a five second pen. It just doesn't make it's it just it's not it's it's not it's not okay and it doesn't it's not a smart move and uh for somebody, Well he lost four points. Yeah. And for somebody with that well, much he experience, lost four points. It's yeah. unexcusable. And you know and and that would have been a a six seven finish for Alpine, that's nice. So yeah. Yeah. Not good. Um Okay, so then we have 
the Lewis Hamilton, which we touched on briefly when we were talking about qualifying and his just immaculate, uh, miraculous turnaround from an undrivable car to a podium car. <clears throat> but for once, the for once, the the safety car uh, season, the safety cars actually happened in Hamilton's favor this season, and not in the worst possible timing for him. Um, yeah, but. I mean, not much to say besides really great performance from both uh, from both Russell and George. George got lucky on on safety cars this race as well, um, and he really made up for that that kind of silly move uh, uh, in uh, Q three or yeah Q three going on to slicks. Um, yeah, which well, go ahead. Did he make that call? I did, think he did. did. I feel like he had to have. I don't think any, or maybe they just figured that they were. It was a comfortable enough. They're comfortable enough with the pace or whatever. Or, or maybe Ru- Russell was hiding. You know, this was the last qualify or the first qualifying in the wet since Spa, which is where he, you know, turned the world upside down. Put a Williams, <laughs> Williams in P two or P three. Yeah. Um, and got got the drive at Mercedes. We learned from from Drive to Survive. It was at that after that performance is when Toto told him that he's got the seat. So I think maybe he's like, "Well, I did it once. I can do it again." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he he uh, he binned it. Which this is actually a perfect time for our moment with Martin, wouldn't you say, Pops? Oh yeah, it relates because it was it was in direct reference to the decision. Um, for George to go on the slick. So here's your here's your moment with Martin. Be very cautious. One exit of two. That is kind of all right. Three will be slipperier than a slippery thing. Uh- <laughs> Three will be slipperier <laughs> than a slippery thing. I think when we first heard it, we me and Pops both thought he said slipperier than a slippery pig, but pig thing. You know, they're both the same one. Yeah, same. God, just, he's, he's just the best. Martin is just the best. Totally. Well, and then I also heard that that other one. I think it was about the same time about how slick it was. It's, it's slick like oil on oak. <laughs> There's another one where they were like he was like he was like commentating on something, and then the the absolutely fun fantastic uh sky sports feed just cuts away and he's like well i guess we're talking about this now <laughs> or i guess we'll look at this then um but yeah george recovered from his slipperier than a slippery thing outing um and and clawed his way back up to fourth drove a really great race made some really nice overtakes there was a lot of overtaking a lot of really great overtaking um yeah uh on this that's the that's that there's a lot there's quite a few good opportunities for some some lunges down the down the inside um but uh and then really the absolute i mean drive of a drive was was uh charles leclerc coming from from p19 up to what was it? He came all the way up to like P six or seven, and got stuck behind Ocon, and he got, they got frustrated, so they pinned him again, and he and then he they that rear jack dropped or slipped or something, 
and he, uh-huh. and he had to come back out behind that Ricardo. It was like Ricardo Stroll Joe, I think at the time it was like three cars that he if they if that jack wouldn't have slipped and he had that another really costly long pit stop and he had to do all uh-huh. that work all over again. Um that was brilliant. What a what a bummer. Like how how frustrating as it like it is the team sport. This is when the team sport element really kicks in is that like, you know, you do all that work, get ahead on the track, grinding it out, and you come in for a pit stop and a jack slips or something and wheel, you know, and then it's it's all over again. You're doing it all over again. So I wonder without that delay if he could have caught um if he could have caught Russell, but I don't know. Maybe that Russell just wouldn't have pitted. Um, anyways. I don't know. He ended up like uh, three seconds behind him. So Yeah. Well, have, how, and how, how much time does passing three cars take, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, a lot. Not to mention the and second I- and a half in the pit that that cost, too. Mm-hmm. Regardless, he well, did get, thing, he did get driver of the day, and it was very deservedly. The yeah, other thing, sorry. That, but with Haas's performance and qualifying, and then reliable. Well, it wasn't really reliable reliability with K Mag, but you know, it was again. It was him getting too scrappy. Like that's. I mean, I feel like we've, we've touched on this. I mean, I guess we'll yeah. talk about it now because. Um, because he should have been, he should have been P five. He really should have been. There's no reason why he shouldn't have gotten P five. But you know, he almost gave Lewis a puncture, and he s- crunched up his front wing, and then he was sitting there behind or in front of Ocon, and of course Ocon's going to do whatever he can, and he's going to say, "Well, surely if that comes off, it's going to smack me in the head." And so, yeah, in the face, we gets he gets they get black and white. Um, Magnuson, black and to, orange, black and orange, sorry. black and orange. Um, yeah, he comes, so he has to come in for a new wing, and it's like, well, there's your race, bud. There's your race. Yeah, there was uh, actually a Jolian, Yeah, Julian. Yeah, Dead Julian Palmer had a great, a great uh, explanation of that. I would uh, recommend if you wanted to understand that, understand the analysis of K Mag. Um, in just poor decision, he uh, it was really excellent. But uh, yeah, he just came out, got too aggressive. Lewis played it perfect. He you know pinched him to the outside on that turn, and and um, you know uh, just got behind and and then uh, just turned in too close to Lewis and Braco. Yeah, and uh, that. It was just poor driving uh, that didn't have to happen that, I mean, we're looking at a, a real different outcome for Haas, even though Schumacher's car just went. Did you ever hear what happened? Was it just a power unit problem? It or? was a gearbox, too. Gear, gearbox. Yeah, that was what, lap 20, he's out, and he was doing good, too. I mean, it you know, was they the were, fifth, fifth, sixth was the qualifying, I believe, was the, the best Haas qualifying ever. 
ever. Yeah. To result and in they were hanging a, right a zero point finish. Yeah. And they were hanging right in there. And I and, mean, uh, yeah, it yeah. was, it, one it, was it, reliability. It, one was, one was just driver. I'd say, which, you know, if I was Gunter Steiner, I'd be saying you want, you know how you're so relaxed. Time to get unrelaxed a little bit and get that car in the yeah. points. Like we, we, this is our opportunity. They are really squandering an opportunity away. Like I feel like the Haas that we saw at the beginning of the season just imploded. It's gone. I mean, there's well, and then they're talking about how their first real upgrade isn't going to be until France after, which is France is the one right after. Our next race is in Silverstone and for the British Grand Prix. But it, you, so, know, you don't need to like take a take a lesson out of George and Mercedes. They're not the fastest car in the world, but they're they're staying in the points. I mean, George is is what, I don't think he's third anymore in the drivers. No, no, yeah, no, he's he's fourth, but he's fourth in the in the drivers' championship. Um. With with definitely the thir- third slowest car, so he you know he's not where yeah. he's supposed to be. Whereas, where is where is Mag- Magnuson is twelfth, and he could easily easily be in the top ten because Kevin Magnuson has fifteen total points. Uh, Pierre Gasly's only got 16. Alonso's only got 18. The next one, the next big one is Ocon is 39. I don't think he could have had that many points, but because Magnussen has had two DNFs, though, remind you that too. He did have reliability, but that's all the more highlighting that when you're not DNFing, you got to be finishing in the points, especially when you're starting in fifth, man. Like, they really got to What is it? What's another? That's another uh, Martin moment. Is first you have to be in the race to be first in the race. No, that's like that. I mean that's from uh, Murray Walker. For, to be okay. first, to be first, first you must finish. Yeah, to be yeah. first, first you must finish. Yeah. Anyways, so really, yeah, that was that was really too bad for our U.S. team. And and I'm just feel I'm starting to I mean we I I'm hard on Schumacher because I think it needs to be hard on, um, like this is Formula One I don't care who your last name is but I do feel bad when it's like you you still haven't scored a Formula One point, and you should like you really should have um multiple well, times he, he this, really, this season yeah. like it seems like whenever he is in the chance when he's not crashing, it's reliability that just takes it out and it's. It's gotta that's gotta be weighing on that that kid's head, but um moving on. Well let's yeah, we'll just see what next race tells us, man. I he's I mean he will. He's gotta get a point. If he goes this whole season without a point, he's not driving in Formula One next year. Um, let's just say that. Um I don't care. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um yeah. moving on. Esteban Ocon. So Ferrari Ferrari's supposed to have uh it's supposed to be uh Coming into uh, you know, Silverstone, that the track set up for the Ferrari. I don't know if it's Ferrari Power or Ferrari Team, but 
we may hopefully see a little breakthrough for pot somewhat. Can only hope. I I hope so. Um, but I think Esteban Ocon drove an absolutely awesome race. He kept Leclerc back yeah. for a long time. Um, and I mean, it wasn't there wasn't any like thing really outstanding to talk about, but uh, a really solid race, nonetheless. Um, really, really highlights that uh, he's a he's quite an quite an awesome defensive driver. He's shown that several times this year. Um, being a good defensive driver. Um, and then another, th- another, what the heck's happening is Botas. Um, and, uh, he got out qualified by Joe and, but did end up finishing ahead of him. Does Joe have some issues? I feel like he, um, that, how did, I don't, I don't re I don't remember hearing about it, but, Oh no, they qualified yeah, just I, just it was one position. They were just to ride around each other the whole time. Um but I think Joe is really driving excellently. For a rookie season, I think he's doing absolutely phenomenal. Better than I think anybody was really expecting. I think that's true. Better than I thought. He's currently, well, I guess he's oh. currently P16 in the championship. But, again, he has more points in his rookie season than Schumacher has in his sophomore season and rookie season combined. So Yeah, no doubt about that. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what Ferrari Power does in, uh, at Silverstone, for sure. Um, boy, I just hope with all hopes that we just – can pin back the Red Bulls. I need we need a I need we need a max DNF. We definitely need a max DNF. An, another one. We need two. a what? Max to DNF. Gotta bring this well, back into the contention been, here. Yeah, why don't they why doesn't uh you know Perez and him kind of switch the luck part. For real, man. That would be just make my day. <laughs> Um, so then we have to talk about Stroll, I mean, actually coming, piecing back from his rough start in the, earlier on in the season, but finishing P10, getting that point at the home Grand Prix, that must have felt somewhat good. Um, I don't, I, there's not a lot to talk about with Stroll, Ricardo, Vettel, um, you know, they're all just not, I mean, Vettel and Ricardo, Ricardo is just not on it. I don't know what's happening, but really, yeah. Well, did better than Norris. I, I think McLaren is just having a moment. Yeah, they would. That, yeah. I mean, I was really surprised that Norris finished so low, but and I don't remember hearing anything whether there was issues, reliability issues, or what, but. That that would that's out of place. Gasly in P fourteen and Alexander Albon in P thirteen. How was a Williams outperforming a McLaren and a and a Alphatari? Is that is that yeah? Is Albon just just the next coming? I mean, really? Why that guy needs to get into a real seat, a real seat, or? How awesome would it be that if Williams next year, 
they just unlock something and and like both of these drivers because it's pretty much confirmed that was the news thing that we were going to talk about we can talk about it now is it's pretty much confirmed that oscar piastri is going to replace nicholas latifi and latifi might not even make it to the end of the season some of the rumors that i've heard Um, yeah me too and so how amazing would it be if like all of a sudden next year Williams just comes out of nowhere with, yeah. and they just I mean, are, it's a, like it's having like a, a Benetton moment or a or a or a Sauber in 2000 in those that 2000 run they had or 2000 what what year was that 2000 when they came I out. don't know it's just the heritage of the Williams well it would be but I'm just saying two drivers that are both getting hamstrung sidelined kind of they're both on they're both still under contract from you know albon still has contracts with with red bull oscar piastri is basically they're calling it on loan is how they say it like um with he's the reserve driver for renault he came up in the renault driver academy thing but how amazing would it be if you have these two drivers who are just like oh just go over to williams you're in a formula one car quit complaining um and then they Williams all of a sudden has this pace and they're beating the teams that they should be driving for. How awesome would it be to have like a, a world champion that's under contract from another team, but their world championship doesn't come from the team they're under contract with? <laughs> <laughs> and the, and like both of them have only in Formula One. That baby. would be just the coolest thing. So let's fingers crossed for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I am also just ecstatic that. Um, uh, Piastri's finally getting his rightful, rightful dues and getting a seat in Formula One. Um, well, you were talking about, uh, you know, how he he's come up through the ranks as champion. Well, back can, to back to back, yeah. The juniors, he won in F uh, or what is F three? He won the F three in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Yeah. F two in twenty twenty one and then didn't get a seat. The only other drivers currently that have won back to back consecutive. He won F three too. That was I think you were right. Two thousand nineteen was F three. Yeah, it was consecutive. Is the point? And the only other two drivers yeah. who have done that are uh, Charles Leclerc and George Russell. And you know where are they? It's not like they're talents. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's 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 to, an exciting thing to not get a seat I, I, after that is that's that's devastating. He deserves that, um, but he took it on the chin. Well, I, you know, you know, sometimes it plays out better of just hanging out, maturing a little uh, bit, learning, being around, yeah, mature a little bit, learning uh, without so much pressure and. And uh, such, I, I don't know if I'd second guess that. It, yeah, it it would be kind of neat if he broke in, but maybe his time is just not yet. And for good reasons, it's kind of it'll come on strong another time. And well, and uh, and, and speaking of, I mean, it, we have to talk about is Gasly is Gasly going to be relegated to staying at at Alphatari forever? Uh, 
I mean, there. I mean, the the. Well, I don't know. Now it's that we good. have the Checo deal locked in, that's two years that there's no Red Bull seat. So where is he going right. to go? What's he going to do? And I wonder if that's that's some of his performance. Like, because last year, I mean, the Alphatari is not the same car as it was last year. Noted, but he's not driving great. He has not had a very good season. And I wonder if he's 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 in his head again. He's got some of the head things going. Because when he seemed like he had something to prove, he was P4s, like P5s, P, you know, won that ra- won the Monza race for them. You know, he's a race winner. And he, I mean, is is that, is in his AlphaTauri even a bad place to have to be staying at? Like where, where would right. be better than that? You know, that's actually going to have a seat. Right. And who knows, maybe AlphaTauri, let's see, who AlphaTauri is the Red Bull. Yeah, you have to imagine that they're not going to ever, but it is, you have to imagine that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be fighting against Red Bull, let's be real. And if Red Bull's currently mm-hmm. the dominating force, so they're, you're, you're relegated pretty much to best of the rest. You're fighting McLaren, you're fighting, I mean, right now, Alpha Romero and Alpine. Um, McLaren is nowhere. They're in nowhere land. How far? How far they have fallen? My goodness! But I mean, well, could, Mercedes was kind of where land at the beginning too. Sure, but I mean, they, so. they were and they weren't. They were never really in question of being. They've always been the third fastest car. It's just how far off of the front that they were. Um, but I mean, so you we could have we could have Ricardo leave. That's a, a scene of McLaren, but would you really want to leave an AlphaTauri and go into a McLaren? I mean, I would I would want to do it just because McLaren's history. I'd love to drive for – I mean, they are I still a, a, an upper, upper echelon team name-wise, but and not, if and your goal not is the to – Go ahead. And sorry. they're not the – the ring, and they're not the Red Bull B team. Yeah, that I mean, you, they're they're you're it's gonna no have no way you're gonna be. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have more of an opportunity to fight if the car is competitive, but that car is right. nowhere near competitive right now. Um, maybe there's a, a position that at Aston Martin if Stroll goes, or I mean, sorry, uh, Vettel if Vettel gets 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 over this racing thing and pooling around in 12th P12s and, you know, nowhere land. Or do he just hold out for for one of the new, you know, way down the road, a couple years down the road, and get in something from one of the VW teams that's coming in? But where do you really risk going to an all-new team, you know? I, it's, a, it's a quandary. I, I, I do think he, that Gasly's deserve deserving of another drive and a big team. I mean, he never even got a full full season in that Red Bull seat, and then he went back to AlphaTauri, and he's done nothing but be great. So I would like to see – well, I guess it, I guess there's always a Mercedes seat if Hamilton goes. That would be a cool lineup. George Russell, yeah, would, Pierre Gasly, Mercedes. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Lewis. It's going to go to Hollywood, right? <laughs> well, I know he's producing that. I'd sent you that over the weekend. That's another cool thing that 
Brad Pitt yeah. wrote an F1 movie or has an F1 movie deal, and it's been greenlit, and Lewis Hamilton is, is, an, is an executive producer on it or is going to insult <laughs> or something. Man, that's got me really excited. Um, I would love a I would love a, a great F one, um, another great F one movie. We had that rush that Ron Howard did a couple of years ago. I would love to see something a little more modern. Um, who knows what what it would what it would be? But uh, I know Liberty Media yeah. was all about having more F one stuff, and I would be all more about it. You know, bringing more eyes to the sport is always a great thing because. Boy, is it just not the greatest sport if this awesome race and this season, um, if we can, if anybody. Right, can. I mean, the worldly, the worldly Lewis Hamilton, you know, he gets around. He, well, that's he's, why he's uh, so great for the sport, though. He is the new yeah. James Hunt. Like, he is this sport's James Hunt. Like, look at, like, his fashion, his his philanthropy, his you know, ambassadorship for, for diversity and moving the sport forward. And, and he is the best also. So not only is he this great personality, but he's also just so happens to be the best driver in the history of the sport. (laughs) Statistically, numerically. Yeah. Um, I mean, so he's, I, I, I'm the huge fan if you can't tell, but, um, yeah, I do. You think anybody can catch Max if if reliability does, doesn't come into play? Well, I, I don't. I I don't think so. A hundred and seventy five points to a hundred and twenty six is Leclerc. Yeah. His his the P two is Perez, one twenty nine. Yeah, and it's um, you know unless the uh, reliability and the the luck, bad luck factor starts to involve Max. I, I think it's a runaway at this point. And that's but and that's what I'm. Ra- I know there's a, there's lot, a lot of racing, of and I just, but yeah. it could be a very, very. That's why I'm also a little woeful. Is that there's a lot of races, and I don't know how much of a lot of those races I can stand with. Oh, Max won by twenty seconds again. Yeah. Um, but I guess you know all the all the people will be saying you know when well, we lived through the Lewis era, the Mercedes era, and now we're just in the in the the Red Bull era. But the the start of the season was just so promising, and the last two seasons that we've had have just been so exhilarating to just go back to a a runaway Max Horner like. Gag me, man! If I have to watch Horner celebrate all year long, like I will just <laughs> give me a break, man. Okay, simmer down. Now. <laughs> throttle, throttle, throttling back, back, throttling back. Okay, throttle um, back. But yeah, we have. I think we have you know, some stuff. To look forward to it, Silverstone. Like you said, you know that everybody's saying that the smoother surface is going to be a return to form for Mercedes. It is both George and. Lewis's home race. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, you said Ferrari's coming with some pretty big upgrades. They better be Mongo, man. I want to see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's, they got the – it's just a racetrack that suits them, I guess. That's kind of the scuttlebutt. But with their upgrades, it, they might be 
don't know. That's why I like to just wait for the race day. Yeah, <laughs> it should look pretty fast because, you know, the one thing we do know about Silverstone is it's a lot of fast corners. And so then the one thing that the gra- these ground effect cars do really well is fast corners. So I'm hoping to see some really quick um, really quick. Uh, well, some interesting passing moments. Times. Yeah, it's, it's a great – I do love – Silverstone always has a has a it's like uh, has a a good chance of surprising us too, you know. There's been some really great moments at Silverstone in the year. I remember all the Pirelli blowouts on the last lap, and um, yeah, well, it's got to be great because it's got corners like Beckett's and Maggots, Maggots and Beckett's. Um, the, uh, the last thing we'll Mag- close on is we have to talk about uh, the grid rivals because my bonehead, bonehead, bonehead move, and I didn't lock in my, um, I didn't lock in my team. I, I had two drivers on my team, and I'm, I've, 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 I've blundered it, and I'm all the way down in P four now. Um. Uh, Cheyenne Maine um, is in P1. Maddie Pat is in P2 with 6,783 points. And where's Maserati? Who's that? Who's where's Maserati? (laughs) Is in P3 and I'm in P4. Oh, my gosh. And and I I might remind you that where's Maserati didn't have anybody in on race one and only had Kevin Magnuson in on race two. Blam, blam, blam. Well, so, you did, you so, did, you did really well. You had over a thousand points. You broke that thousand point marker. The elusive. Yeah. Well, you know, but you're still, I'm still that, only 30 points behind you. So I'm going to pass you this weekend. You know it. So, so what you're saying is that the arrival grid is going to be a battle for the midfield. <laughs> no way. I'm go. I'm coming back to first. I'm not relinquishing okay. my first yet. There's a lot yeah. of races left. I'm just starting to figure oh. out my strategy okay. and my man. My lineup this week. You better watch out. Well, you know the reason why I didn't put only had one driver for the first two races. Because I wanted to give everybody else a chance. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> no, I'm totally. It's just like all fantasy sports games. It's like 95% luck. Oh, whatever. Then, then why do you spend all you, all the time you do on <laughs> fantasy well, football all the time? Well, let's let's see how many Super Bowls have I won. Oh, I don't know how many. So, Oh, oh my gosh! You're a regular old Joe Montana. Montana. <laughs> All right, we should wrap this up. We're going nowhere here fast. Wrap it. Uh, wrap so it you have to tune back in to after Silverstone to find out if I pass Papa T sauce in the Grid Rivals. <laughs> you can still join our Grid Rival team. Um, Amer- in American's Guide to Formula One on Grid Rivals on Instagram on everywhere. Um, thank you all so much for listening. I'm so excited for the Silverstone Grand Prix and hopefully the imminent failure of Max Verstappen at some point. <laughs> so, uh, 
you'll, we'll be here to tack. What was that, Pops? <laughs> that I can feel the love. There is none. You... <laughs> There's respect and admiration, <laughs> but there is no love. Yeah, baby. All right. Well, tune in. We'll be back after Silverstone, and we'll be here to chat about all of that. And, and who knows? Who knows what Martin will come up with next? Another Martin with moment. He'll Martin definitely be Martin. there. He'll definitely be there. It's his home Grand Prix as well, so we we will not be without yeah. a Martin with Martin. Um, yeah. Let We'll let Martin take us away, and we'll close out there. So thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Be very cautious. One exit of two. That is kind of all right. Three will be slipperier than a slippery thing. Uh all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye.